0: Well, the Ammonites and the Moabites, they were not uh, good people for responding to God and what God did to Judah. Now, this is something we're going to talk about today because we're highlighting what Ezekiel said in chapter 25. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. My name is Rod Hemberg. I'm
1: Janice. And
0: this is Bible Discovery, taking people through the Bible in one year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. That's what we're doing. We're going to talk about this in about five minutes' time. I encourage you to stay, but also Corey and Ryan coming up in about 17 minutes' time. Corey.
2: Well, Ezekiel gives a few prophecies related to the ancient city of Tyre, and they're grouped together in chapters 26, 27, and 28. So more on that later, Ryan.
3: Well, similar, today I'm looking at an apparent error regarding one of these prophecies in Ezekiel 26, the destruction of the ancient city of
0: Tyre. All right, that's going to be good. Janice?
1: Today, following Jesus.
0: All right, let's open up our Bible and listen to what the Lord says.
1: Ezekiel 25, 1 through 11. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against the Ammonites, And prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, Hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God, Because you say, Aha! against my sanctuary when it was profaned, and against the land of Israel when it was desolate, and against the house of Judah when they went into captivity, indeed. Therefore, I will deliver you as a possession to the men of the east, And they shall set their encampments among you, and make their dwellings among you. They shall eat your fruit, and they shall drink your milk. And I will make Rabbah a stable for camels, and Ammon a resting place for flocks. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. For thus says the Lord God, Because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced in heart with all your disdain for the land of Israel. Indeed, therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you, and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples, and I will cause you to perish from the countries. I will destroy you, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Because Moab and Seir say, Look! The house of Judah is like all the nations. Therefore, behold, I will clear the territory of Moab of cities, of the cities on its frontier, the glory of the country, beth Jeshemon, Baal-Meon, and Kirjathaim. To the men of the east, I will give it as a possession, together with the Ammonites, that the Ammonites may not be remembered among the nations and I will execute judgments upon Moab, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 25, verses one
0: through 11. Ezekiel chapter 25, chapter 26 and chapter 27, that's what we study today as we go through the Bible, and it is exciting. Now, in Ezekiel 25, God judges many nations two of which are the Ammonites and the Moabites, descendants of Abraham's nephew, Lot. Judah was actively doing what God had told them not to do. And as a result, they fail. When Judah fell, it was the Lord who took their defenses away. But the Ammonites and the Moabites had great joy in God's anger and judgment against Judah because... Because of that, they would suffer the same fate. God hears our spirit when we aim our attitudes towards him or against him. Ultimately, God will not let us continue to assume the wrong thing because God is truth. And he judges people by truth. When he judges, people know why. And when others are judged or confronted by evil, the best way for us to react is not to have that old I told you so, or you got what you're coming to you attitude. We should humble ourselves and pray for them. Delighting in someone else's destruction demonstrates our own depravity and hypocrisy. Sin is held everyone captive it has. And we need Jesus Christ. We need him right now. We need him in our country. We need him in our life. We need him in our educational system. We need him in our economy. We need Jesus Christ. So today we're going to study the Ammonites and the Moabites, Ezekiel 25. This is a very interesting study. And as we do so, take your Bible guide and turn to that. If you don't have a Bible guide, call us and write to us. We'll send you a Bible guide. Or you can go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com because you're seconds away from joining us. BibleDiscoveryTV.com. When you go there, it takes you to a donate page. And let me say thank you for your donations. And we don't, we don't give you an amount because we trust the Lord and the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And so, Father, I pray that uh, you would help them, help them today. And Father, I pray today as we talk about the Ammonites and the Moabites, that you would help us to communicate all of us together as we are studying together. Help us to understand what your Holy Spirit is saying through Ezekiel chapter 25, because we're reading it, Lord. We need to hear you. We don't need to hear everybody else's opinion. We need to hear you because, Lord, your Holy Spirit's opinion is truth. We need to hear your truth today. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen. And amen. Now, let's take a look at this because it really is interesting. The word of the Lord. Here we go again. The word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face against the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God, because you said, oh, against my sanctuary when it was profaned and against the land of Israel when it was desolate and against the house of Judah when they went into captivity. Indeed, therefore, I will deliver you as a possession to the men of the east. and They shall set their encampments among you and make their dwellings among you. They shall eat your fruit and they shall drink your milk. The Ammonites were happy about Judah's destruction and did not understand or care about what God was doing. Beloved, we must wait to see what God is doing before we make a conclusion on whether or not to worship or cry. And the Bible is very consistent about this. Do you know what it says? It says, I want you to cry with those who cry. And I want you to laugh with those who laugh. I I don't want you to be A person, Christian, who is diametrically opposed and slatting people. You're going to hell. You're going. No. That may be true. But we're here to bring the good news. Jesus Christ has saved you from the devastation of Satan. He saved you from his judgment, which is coming. Jesus Christ, if you come to him and invite him into your life, And if you take him as the Lord of your life, you you don't, you don't have to call an 800 number or any of that. He's as close as the mention of his name. Just mention his name, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. That's a great name. He is the Lord. Call him and say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want you to be the Lord of my life and he will help turn you around. Very interesting. All right, let's go on to the next verse five and it will, I will make Rabba, a stubble for camels and Ammon a resting place for flocks. Then you shall know that I am the Lord for thus says the Lord God, because you clapped your hands and stomped your feet and rejoiced in the heart with all of your disdain for the land of Israel. Indeed, therefore I will stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations." I will cut you off from the peoples and I will cause you to perish from the countries. I will destroy you and you shall know that I am the Lord. The Ammonites reacted wrongly toward God's judgment and would suffer the same fate. We must always remember that Jesus Christ has taken the judgment for sin off of us. Now, let me explain this. If somebody is, has done you wrong, they've just done you wrong and they get it. You're like, oh yeah, that person got it. I'm good. That's a wrong attitude. That's wrong. We're wrong. But if we understand and we, we have compassion and sympathy with the person, and we offer to help or whatever, maybe don't offer to help or whatever, and we pray for them, that's the right attitude. Let's keep our attitudes right because God, he sees the heart. The last couple of verses. Thus says the Lord God, because Moab and Seir say, look, the house of Judah is like the nations, all the nations. Therefore, behold, I will clear the territory of Moab, of cities, of cities on the frontier, the glory of the country, Beth Shemash, Bail me on and Kerjatham to the men of the east. I will give as a possession together with the Ammonites that the Ammonites may not be remembered among nations. And I will execute judgments upon Moab and they shall know I am the Lord. Moab is judged as well by God because of their hatred towards Israel. You see, as Christians, as Christ followers, we are commanded to hate no one. So I'll I'll give you a list of people that I hate right now. Uh, I can't, not because of me, but because I understand who I am, a sinner saved by the grace and faith of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who saved me and only Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you this much. He can save you too. He can help you as well. He can change our attitudes if we allow him to be the Lord of our life. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now, you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku Box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to.
2: All right, so Ezekiel chapter 26, 27, and 28 all deal with the ancient city of Tyre. Now, uh, there's a lot that has been said about how to interpret these prophecies. And it's, it's all really, really interesting, but I wanna focus in on what we know about the historical city of Tyre and whether or not these prophecies of Ezekiel did come true. Take a look. On a modern map, the city of Tyre has changed dramatically from that of its ancient counterpart. Ancient Tyre existed in two parts, a mainland city and an island city. Accordingly, it was a center for maritime trade. In fact, the name for the coastal territory that encompasses Tyre was given to it by the Greeks. Phoenicia, meaning purple. A specialized purple dye was extracted from murex shells fished from the Mediterranean and then shipped out of Tyre. It was a rich, important city. The relationship between Israel and Tyre seems to have begun with the friendship between Tyre's King Hiram and King David. Hiram shipped lumber to Joppa, first for David's palace and later for the Jerusalem temple. As with all alliances, they can fail, though. And by the end of the monarchy period, the prophet Ezekiel records a few prophecies of destruction against Tyre. Ezekiel 26 begins with a general prophecy that says, God will bring many nations against you, like the sea casting up its waves. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and pull down her towers. I will scrape away her rubble and make her a bare rock. Out in the sea, she will become a place to spread fishnets, for I have spoken, declares the Lord. This prophecy uses the image of waves of destruction brought by multiple enemy nations. Looking at Tyre's history, it's clear that this did happen. First wave, was Nebuchadnezzar, the ruling king of Babylon in Ezekiel's time and mentioned by name in the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar besieged mainland Tyre for 13 years, eventually conquering it and taking its king captive. The details of Tyre's defeat here or surrender aren't known, but the island city remained proudly undefeated. The next wave of Tyre's destruction came at the hands of Alexander the Great. Snubbed by the island city, Alexander commanded his army to scrape and throw all of the rubble and rocks of mainland Tyre into the sea, building a thin, long causeway out to the city. There, he breached its wall and took the prize. Alexander evidently used all of the rocks and timber of old Tyre to build his war bridge, because none of it has been found in place. In fact, the buildup of silt over the centuries has created an artificial landmass connecting the old island city to the mainland. Despite this thorough thrashing unleashed by Alexander, the city was rebuilt, eventually becoming a prominent Roman city and incorporating its new peninsula. Tyre's final death blow came in AD 1291. After several takeovers, it was finally captured by the Mameluke Muslims and burned to the ground, never to be rebuilt again. So there we go, like waves crashing from the ocean onto the city. So it was faced with wave after wave of destruction and conquer. A really interesting to be able to, you know, from our perspective, look back at history and see how these prophecies actually have been fulfilled over time. So uh, lots of good stuff in the book yeah. of Ezekiel.
0: Yeah, it really is. And and you look at these ancient cities as they are and you see, well, this happened and that happened during this time. And, and yet it's all in the Bible. So you can read it mm-hmm. and understand this is what's going to happen before it happens. Right. And then when it happens, it happened, you know, 300 BC or something, and there it is, right there. That's very good, Corey. Ryan. All right, well, I'm going to be adding
3: to what Corey was saying, because today I'm dealing with a supposed error in the Bible, and specifically regarding a prophecy in chapter 26. And actually, skeptics make quite a few allegations against this particular prophecy. And here, the prophet proclaims that the ancient city of Tyre would be destroyed never to rise again. And yet, when we look at the map of the Middle East, we do see a city called Tyre. So the question is, did this prophecy fail to come to pass? If God truly knows the end from the beginning, then what are we to make of Ezekiel's prophecy in chapter 26, that the city of Tyre would be utterly destroyed, never to rise again? After all, we do find a Tyre on our modern maps of the Middle East. In truth, however, the modern city bears resemblance to the ancient city in name alone, and is most certainly not the rebuilt city from biblical times. In fact, the ancient city was located many miles away from modern Tyre, and was enormously powerful, proud, and rich, receiving the trade and tribute of many lesser cities. It was the equivalent of New York City in its day. In fact, this is like if New York City were destroyed and then centuries later a new city was built many miles to the north and then given the same name to honor its memory. Clearly, modern Tyre and ancient Tyre are two different cities. And to be sure, the ancient city was destroyed precisely as Ezekiel said it would be, though perhaps not as we expected. The assumption had been falsely made that Ezekiel was speaking about a single event of destruction, but it actually occurred in multiple phases. It started with King Nebuchadnezzar defeating mainland Tyre in a 13-year siege and ended in 332 BC when Alexander the Great reduced the island city of Tyre to utter ruins. Clearly, Ezekiel 26, 7-11 speaks of Nebuchadnezzar's campaign, but in verse 12 there seems to be a change from the previously used singular pronoun he to the plural pronoun they. Further, verses 13 and 14 sound remarkably like Alexander's campaign. The ancient city of Tyre was indeed utterly decimated and has never since risen, just as God said it would, exactly as the Bible recorded it. So, it's really clear to see that there is absolutely no mistake. The ancient city of Tyre was destroyed over a period of many years, never to rise again. Nebuchadnezzar took out the mainland city and Alexander the Great took out the island city. And the text of the Bible even seems to make that very distinction. You know, this is a good example of what is called a double reference, where a Bible passage is speaking of two different people or events that are separated by a long period of time. And interestingly, we see this double reference all throughout the Bible. Just consider Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, for example. Speaking of the Messiah, the verse proclaims, "'For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given.'" This, of course, was fulfilled in Jesus Christ's first coming. But then the verse continues, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Now, this hasn't happened yet because it seems to be speaking of Christ's second coming. So Isaiah 9-6 is prophesying two separate events. Very, very interesting.
0: And they're, they're, they're years apart. Like, time is, is uh, in some ways, irrelevant to God because God's mm-hmm. outside of time.
3: That's right. And And there's really no clues in the biblical text often until the the events happen later.
0: Yeah, that's right. And because when God speaks in the Bible, he speaks to all of us. He speaks to us in this generation. He speaks to us in the hundreds of generations before. So it's really, really interesting. Fascinating stuff. We could talk about this all day. Okay, Janice.
1: Today, I titled my segment, Following Jesus. We're looking at, or I'm focusing in on Ezekiel chapter 25. And these are all really harsh proclamations. You see here proclamations against Ammon, against Moab, against Edom, against Philistia. And we expand on it and we understand that the Ammonites, they were overjoyed at Judah's destruction. That was a wrong reaction. Moab is judged for their hatred toward Israel. That was a wrong reaction. Edom had an ongoing conflict with Israel over the years, and the Philistines were constant adversaries of Israel. These were all wrong responses. My point, following Jesus, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you know, our reactions as followers of Jesus Christ need to reflect him and his word, not what we think or not what our traditions are or not what our culture or society portrays. Because oftentimes, those things do not reflect what Jesus says, what God expects from his word. And and the only way that we can know that is to have that personal relationship with God. That truly is the bottom line. It's as simple and as difficult as that. When you come to know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, it's not just a moment in time where you say a few words and now you're okay. What it is, is a reigniting of who you are. It's an acceptance or an understanding of who you are and who God is. And making that decision, is Jesus Lord? Is he who he said he is and was or not? And it's making that decision and then spending the rest of your days getting to know Him. It's like a relationship. You know, when you begin to, to to know somebody as a friend, you don't just meet them one day and then that's it. You develop that relationship over time. And that's what God offers to each one of us. It's that coming to understand who He is. And then when you do that and you want Him to be a part of your life and you want to follow Him, that's when you get involved in His Word and in praying and understanding what it is to be a follower of Christ. And some of these reactions that we've seen today in these nations, they were not the right reactions. And there was judgment. And that's the same in our life. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And everyone who has his son has life. And those that do not will not have life. And God writes that to us so that we will know that we have eternal life, when we have given our lives over to him. So today, I think it's really important for us again to remember, there's a lot of voices in our culture today, isn't there? And everybody has the right answer. Everybody knows the right thing to do. The majority over here might say one thing. The majority over here might say another. And and you're kind of lost in the middle or maybe you're tossing back and forth. The word of God never changes and God doesn't either. His word is truth and we need to apply ourselves. I'm speaking to believers or those of you that are just wondering about this whole God thing. God is real. God has given his son for us to pay for our sins so that we can be reconciled back to him. And then what we do is when we give our life over to him and we ask God to forgive us and come and live In us, we develop that relationship. We let him take over and help us to learn how that we can be a reflection of who he is. And that's a big part of this program, isn't it, Rod? It is. Uh, What we do every day, We, we want to bring the word of God to everyone, all viewers. We have it in different forms. Ryan and Corey each have different segments. We do different segments because this book is not just a book. The Word of God has so many dimensions. It is so deep and it is so profound that this is our 33rd year going through the Bible on the air and we are still learning and we still have material available till the Lord returns. Mm. Uh, as long as he gives us breath and the strength to be here, we're going to do that because we believe in the Word of God and the importance of of it.
0: And we're teaching the, who God is. We're trying to from yes. his word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's important. If you want to know who this God is of the Bible, I would encourage you to join us, go through the Bible. And uh, we, we don't say it much because we're into it, but you know, just catch up. Just start here where we're at right now and start reading because this is a great time to know who is this God of the Bible who keeps saying these things. I just am excited about Rumble because uh, Rumble is a new social media service. It's not new, but it's, it's, we're new to it. And we've got all of our programs there and we've got BD Family and Friends live broadcasting there. It's just great. There's no commercial interruptions. It's wonderful. Go to Rumble and you can find it. Join us there. Today we pray, Lord, help me to remember how to love others and how to not be selfish because it's so easy to be selfish today. Help me, Lord, to be a Christian.